Oh, <laughs> oh, get never mind. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study, where uh, maybe I'm running a little bit behind the curve, not hearing what's going on. But anyway, tonight we are continuing our study in the book of Hebrews. We'll be in chapter nine tonight. Uh, oh, what the heck, most. A lot, of you, a lot of you who have been following me for a, a period of time, back before we did the videos, will recognize the official boulevard. That's what had me thrown off. I didn't say that the official boulevard was off. Anyway, uh, I was just telling my friend Jim here that I was listening to Jack Benny the other day. Of course, yeah, I listen to weird stuff. But there was this one bit where they had, uh, oh, everybody was comparing their time and Jack had like at 3.30 and Don had at 2.30 or whatever. And they looked at Dennis Day and they said, well, what's your, what's your watch? And he says, Bulova. Okay, I thought it was funny. I hope you did too. With that, uh, again, we're in Hebrews chapter 9. Let's begin with a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we get to be in your presence and the time we get to share together. We thank you for your word and the opportunity to study your word. Uh, please open our hearts and minds to it. And once again, keep me out of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, unlike last week where we had few verses, tonight we have a number. So buckle your seatbelts and hang on. It says here, Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part, in which was the lampstand, the table, the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid with all on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now when these things had thus been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicated, indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the time in which both gifts and sacrifices which, uh, both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Concerned only with food and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed upon the time of Reformation. Pardon me, imposed until the time of Reformation. But God, but, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with which with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not being made with hands, that is, not of this creation. 
not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, the sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after the men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves, of goats, and with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. You might be starting to recognize some of this to do with Holy Communion. Then, likewise, he sprinkled the blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Therefore... It was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as a high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another, he then would have to have suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Whew, got through it. All right. Let's, I, I think we'll, we'll make some sense of it here. As a matter of fact, I know the Lord will make some sense of it here. Okay. Verse 1, it says, Then indeed, if the first covenant had ordinances of divine service, had, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary, which was all planned by God. Okay, The first covenant, which was in the Old Testament. I want to say right now, we listen, listen to Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed when he instituted Holy Communion. He talked about the new covenant in his blood okay, to take over what the old covenant was like. Okay, verse 2 says, For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part in which was the lampstand, 
the table, the showbread, which was called the sanctuary. Okay, the tabernacle. It's about 45 foot long, 15 foot wide, and 15 foot tall. A tent. Okay. And all these things, like it says, the lampstand, the table, the showbread, is part of this, the sanctuary there. And behind the second veil, remember we talked about this a week or so ago, where that was, oh, approximately six inches thick, uh, a pretty big, I, I guess you could probably, it's almost like a carpet, but a curtain, a veil, okay. The second part, the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Okay, talks about the high priest only going in there once a year to offer sacrifice for the sins of the people. Okay, um, second veil, again, uh, was torn in two, and this is very significant. The second veil was torn in two when Jesus was crucified, when it was done. It talks about how the, the veil was torn from top to bottom, indicating that we can go into the Holy of Holies, that we can go into the presence of God without the need of a priest going in for us. Okay, Luke 23, uh, 44 to 46 is this. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in tune. And in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Again, when Jesus was crucified and paid the price for our sins, that veil was torn, and so we... Us believers who are blessed to be saved can go in to the presence of God without the need of a priest going in for us. Okay. Goes on to say, verse 4, which had, uh, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid with gold in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that abutted, and the tablets of the covenant. There was these relics that were inside the Ark of the Covenant. Now, many of you might remember the Harrison Ford movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they were trying to get the power of this Ark of the Covenant uh, to help the Nazis Take over the world. That was it. But this is the ark that they're referring to here, okay? That it had all these different relics in it. Now, remember, please, that different relics don't do a thing for your salvation. It might be neat to see this stuff. You know, actually, I, it would be really great to find the Ark of the Covenant and to look at all that stuff. I think it'd be great. But it does nothing for your salvation. Don't put your trust in any relics. There are certain, certain uh, religions that seem to put a lot of trust in the relic, relics of the past. Don't do that. Okay. Verse 5 says, And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. That's where uh, the God made His presence known. These things we cannot now speak in detail. We can't explain them in detail. Um, but Here's something, if you, 
if this intrigues you any uh, shape, then you can look at it more in Exodus chapters 25 through 27, where it explains all the things that went into the tabernacle and all the things that went into the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, now, and what again, this is written to the Hebrews, so what are we doing? We're talking about the history. We're talking about all the different things that they should know that sometimes they put their trust in, not putting their trust in Jesus because we got all these false teachers coming in saying, man, it's great that you know Jesus as the Messiah, but you got, all, you got to do all these other things too. You know, it's not just, it's not just that. You got to carry on with the law. Okay, now, verse Six says, now when these things had thus been prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, again, the Holy of Holies, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. Now here's a kind of interesting note. Ancient Jewish rabbis wrote of how the high priest did not prolong his prayer in the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. Why? Because it might make the people think that he'd been killed. When he came out, he threw a party for all his friends because he had emerged safely from the presence of God. Now that was really more fear of God in a not in a necessarily a rever reverential way, which is what we're called to do, is to reverence God. But, you know, they're afraid that they're all... He, the high priest was afraid that his sins were too much and that God would take him out. So he had a short prayer. Hmm, isn't that interesting? All right. Now, verse 8. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, was not shown, okay, the, the way to go into this, while the first tabernacle was still standing. All the old ways had to pass away, okay? It was symbolic for the time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation. Again, I want this to be really clear, and I think we, we try to do this every week, is you cannot, by your own good works, save yourself. You can't save yourself. Jesus paid the price. Our good works, although are exactly that. They're good. And, and, and God intends us to do that. This is not a way to earn our way into heaven. No, it's all through the blood of Jesus. One thing they're trying to explain some more is that all this stuff that was done prior was just a shadow of things to come. All right. Verse 11. But Christ, there's the big deal. That's a big, yeah, that's a big however. Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made of hands. That is not of his creation, okay? Anything that God makes trumps anything that man makes. The new tabernacle is not by the, made by the hands of man. Uh, when my brother went off to college, 
we would communicate to them as a family, a lot of time on these little plastic things are about that long and about that tall and about that wide. And cassette tapes, I know that's antique. It's almost like cutting a, cutting a record. But uh, we would send these back and forth. And on this one tape I listened to recently, uh, my father was explaining something from a trip that we had taken as a family up the coast of Central California. And one of our stops was at Hearst Castle. And my dad's explaining all, you know, how it's pretty neat and all. He says, it's nice and all, but you know, nothing, nothing can beat God's creation. That's exactly what he's saying here, is that nothing that man can make can touch God's creation. If you remember back two episodes ago, the background that we had of God's creation there from Lloyd's house, man, nothing can beat it. All right, now, verse 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Okay, blood of goats and calves, this is sufficient for temporarily covering sin. This, is, this was an ordinance that was put out, right? The blood of Christ eternally covers our sins. No more animal sacrifices necessary. It's all done. Okay, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, okay, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? Remember, this is what the... Uh, lambs, all the different animals are to be sacrificed, were to be without blemish. Jesus offered himself without blemish. How's that? Without sin. Although he, was in, he, although he was tempted in every way that we've been tempted and will be tempted, he did not sin. So it was out spot to God. It says, cleanse your consciousness from dead works, old rituals, old covenant, right? to serve the living God. How much can he do that? It says, and for this reason, he, Jesus, is the mediator of the new covenant, which is grace. We don't have to work for it. We have to receive it, the grace that we get. By the means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, the law, once again, the law shows us our sins, right? Without the law, we would go off willy-nilly doing whatever we wanted to and not recognizing, you know, it's the old ignorance of the law is no excuse stuff. Okay, the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. The Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? Okay, now, it goes on to say, for where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator, for a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. I know that's kind of funny. So here it is in the New International Version. It says, in the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when someone has died. It never takes effect until, uh, effect while the one who made it is living. Okay, this is that's how we can understand that better. Okay, therefore, not even the first 
covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. This is Exodus 24, verse 8. That is of the old covenant, the blood of the old covenant. Blood of the new covenant, Jesus Christ. Then, likewise, he sprinkled the blood, both the tabern with the blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Again, remember, animal blood is good for a temporary covering of sins. Jesus' blood eternal covering of our sins. Verse 23, Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens, which is the earthly tabernacle, should be purified with these, the blood of animals. That's why, right? But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices are these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of right, which are a model, as we talked about last week, of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often. Remember, the high priest had to go in once a year, and they also offered, they had offerings and gifts weekly as well, okay? Not offer himself often as a high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. If he had to do that, he then would have had to suffer since the foundation of the world. And, but now, once at the end of the ages, he's done it. He has appeared to put away sin by sacrifice, by the sacrifices himself. It doesn't mean that he, he appears to have done it. He, he appeared in the flesh to do this, to uh, put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly await him, which is what we ought to be doing. And I think we do. Uh, and you know, you talk, talk to friends about it and you say, you know, uh, he can come back anytime. And it wouldn't hurt my feelings if it was right now. Because <laughs> we eagerly await. He will appear a second time in His majesty, apart from sin, for our salvation. So that is something that we can eagerly await. Uh, again, we seem to be almost stuck in a rut here in Hebrews where we're talking about all the old ways. But we have to remind ourselves, too, that Jesus trumps all the old ways, all the old things that were going on, all the old covenants, trumps Moses, trumps uh, all the uh, heredity, um, trumps the high priest. Jesus is the one who takes away our sin. And it's simple. It is simple that we have to just say, yes, Lord, I accept you into my heart. But it's hard because it's too easy. You know, back to that, uh, you hear me say this, and I'll say it again. It's my dad saying that uh, 
Santa Claus died when he was five years old. Nothing is free. Well, maybe nothing in this world is free, but our salvation is free. So with that, need to ask for questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks. And I'm lucky I didn't leave Jim anything really to throw at me, so we're in good shape. He's the, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> he has ammunition. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> but before we close, I'd like to uh, mention and offer a prayer. Our, our friend of the uh, Hot Rod Study, Doug and Linda Thompson, uh, can use our prayers for comfort as Linda's dad passed away this morning. So we pray, Heavenly Father, that you just wrap your loving arms around Doug and Linda, give them the strength and uh, the comfort that only you can provide. And with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.